Snapchat may make some snaps permanently viewable. Facebook launching content oversight board, Reddit launches CPC ads, and Facebook reports strong earnings. It's Monday, February 4th, 2019. All of that is coming up along the week's news quick hits on episode 349 of Brave Ad World. New consumers, new media, new strategies. This is Brave Ad World. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 349 of Brave Ad World, the official podcast of BraveAdWorld.com, which combines actionable insights with some of the latest headlines in social media and digital marketing news. Every week or close to it, I take the I take the top top stories, provide a recap, and then share insights as to what those stories might mean to us as marketers. My name is Taylor Wickert, and man, we have a lot to talk about this week. 2019 started out so quiet, and then the last two weeks have just been crazy. So with that, let's just get into the headlines and talk first about Snapchat, because Snapchat is currently mulling over the possibility of removing one of its most iconic features, ephemeral messaging. This means public snaps may become permanently viewable in the near future. So for now, at least, this would only be limited to publicly available Our Stories posts. So Our Stories, they're used by publishers. So so this may be kind of an olive branch to them as a way to generate additional ad revenue with content that doesn't disappear. It would also help Snap in its quest to make Snapchat content more pervasive outside of the app itself. So Snap has this Stories Everywhere initiative that is all about taking UGC, so content that users submit to our stories, along with publishers, but it's also users submitting to our stories. And Stories Everywhere puts that content in the hands of publishers to include their websites. It also gives that content to partners like the NFL so they can put snaps on in-stadium signage. There's been hesitancy to use Stories Everywhere by those partners because they disappear. They go away. So incentivizing them to make more use of it, well, that would make Snapchat a broader part of culture. Snapchat would be more likely to be seen out in the world almost everywhere. So this move is significant because because of its philosophical shift from Snapchat's ephemeral roots. But the scope of this effort, it would be limited. I kind of liken it to Twitter's move to lengthen the character limit of tweets. Yes, users can tweet longer, but the majority of tweets are still within the original character limit. Just because you can tweet longer doesn't mean you are. A, a move like this for Snapchat, it makes the platform more malleable to be used in more places still. Snapchat's user base is very vocal. We saw that with the revolt against the app's redesign last year. So whatever Snapchat does, it needs to bring its users on board or risk alienating them once again and kind of taking the brakes off of what ephemeral messaging means on the platform. Well, that could be a pretty big deal. All right, let's jump to our next story and talk about Facebook uh, because Facebook, they've announced that they're going to be organizing a board of independent experts to provide oversight for their decisions on what content should or should not be allowed on the platform. So right now, the decision to launch the board has only gone so far as a charter, which also stated some lingering questions such as how many members will a group have or how long will they serve and what criteria will be used to determine which issues should be brought before the board. Each of these questions are going to be answered in collaboration with 
experts and organizations over the next six months in workshops held around the world by Facebook. Experts brought in to help with these questions. They're going to specialize in free expression, tech, democracy, procedural fairness, and human rights. So Facebook, they have come under increasing pressure over recent years, <laughs> among many things, but one of them is about which content is and is not okay. Now, while some content has been allowed for arbitrary reasons, other users have found their content removed for similarly arbitrary reasons. There's a lot of contradiction in their content removal policies. So at the very least, the board may be able to provide a level of transparency, a level of consistency that's really been lacking in the past. All right, let's shift gears and talk about Reddit because Reddit is joining countless other platforms in offering performance-driven advertising with cost-per-click ads. The move, it's going to allow advertisers to turn to Reddit and optimize their campaign for off-site conversion. Up until this point, it's been primarily limited to view and impression-based metrics. That's what Reddit was for. Now it can be used for the following objectives. Reach, that was there, video views, traffic, and conversion. Reddit has a lot of potential for marketers. It has huge scale, as well as really specific affinity groups that have been developed through the site's subreddit. So massive reach, also really specific focuses in across its website. What's most notable about this move is how long Reddit took to employ such a commonly used offering for advertisers, but it is part of a larger effort by Reddit to make itself more attractive to advertisers. Obviously, the site's scale is attractive, especially when advertisers consider how dedicated and engaged Reddit's visitors are, but there have been questions regarding just how safe Reddit is for brands. So this effort, at least partially, it helps make Reddit a more attractive pursuit for brands who, have, who may have dismissed it in the past. All right, our last big story of the week, at least, uh, is around Facebook and their earnings report because there's this drug that we can't seem to quit no matter what we hear about it, and it's Facebook. It is earnings face. It is Facebook earnings time once again, and the social network. Long story short, it's doing very well. Revenue came up 30% over last year to 16.9 billion dollars. Profits came in at a record $6.9 billion. That's a 60% jump over last year. Facebook jumped to 2.32 billion users, up from 2.271 billion users in the previous quarter, with really strong growth coming from Asia. So this news, it's not that shocking. Facebook appears to be really made of rubber. Reports of questionable ethical practices or mismanagement of user data, there's something everyone gets upset about. But at the same time, just as much as they're getting upset, they're still checking Facebook while they're upset. Users and brands are still flocking to Facebook. Users seem to be really undeterred with efforts over what Facebook is doing with their data and their psyche. And maybe they feel Maybe they feel reports of Facebook having negative effects on their mental well-being apply to others but not themselves. Or, or maybe they've resigned themselves to the fact that their data is already online. There's not much they can do about it. And advertisers, they continue to see Facebook delivering on both scale and brand objectives. So Facebook is really this social network that we can't quit no matter what we do uh, or no matter what it does. So to be fair to Facebook... Uh, it has made some pretty significant shifts in its business practices. I've documented these on the podcast, and those practices have been meant to quell the spread of misinformation on its platform and to provide additional, while imperfect, 
transparency in its data practices. It's been able to do all of this while continuing to grow its business. That's pretty impressive. Facebook seems to be firing on all cylinders, and really, any struggles it's had have been from its own doing. That's what Mark Zuckerberg, he said at best, quote, a lot of our business challenges have been self-imposed, unquote. I would agree. One of Facebook's main contributors to a successful quarter is in stories. On Facebook's previous reportings call, Mark Zuckerberg stated that advertisers should expect a greater emphasis on the ephemeral content sharing feature, which has was already seeing pretty great success on Instagram and WhatsApp. Now, it's even picking up on Facebook's core app. Zuckerberg stated that as things accelerate on Facebook stories, advertisers can expect to see ad prices going up there as well. Right now, stories, they're competitively priced compared to ads placed on the newsfeed. In other words, they're cheaper. Uh, but because the newsfeed, that's where most of the demand is. But as stories continue to grow in popularity, demand is going to bring stories prices up. Facebook didn't provide specific numbers on stories usage in its main app, but we do know Instagram stories are viewed by 500 million people each day. So this should be a sign to advertisers that stories ads, they aren't going anywhere. They appear to be picking up steam from both a user adoption perspective, as well as performing well enough that Facebook is really prepared to stake a good portion of its future on them. All right, that is it for the week's main stories. So now I'm going to dive into the news quick hits where I'm going to hit other stories that happened this week at a high level that didn't get discussed earlier. And as per last week, there's quite a quite a good chunk of these. So first up, Facebook launched a new privacy and data use business hub on Data Privacy Day, which was Monday of last week. The hub, it's meant to be a resource for businesses to review and to use to make sure they're protecting user data, including following GDPR. We also found out that clear history is going to be available in quote, the coming months, unquote. This is going to let users see which information and apps are connected to their accounts and delete that information. Facebook is launching an election war room ahead of the 2019 European Parliament elections. The goal of the room will be to remove fake news and prevent voter suppression on the platform. The team will be based in Dublin. TikTok is quietly testing its first ad unit. The ad appears shortly after launch and is about five seconds long, but users are able to skip it via a skip button. It's basically kind of an app launch pre-roll ad unit. This week, we found out that an iPhone privacy bug, this was another big story actually, an iPhone privacy bug that let users call each other on Facebook and then immediately hear audio on the receiver's end before he or she accepted or rejected the call. Basically, the feature let anyone eavesdrop on anyone else. Obviously, pretty major flaw, but it also comes at a really inconvenient time for Apple because it's really staked its position on being the digital brand that protects user privacy. Apple has taken the feature that enabled the bug offline as it gets addressed. The New York Attorney General's office is investigating Apple's response to the bug and whether or not it acted quickly enough. Facebook has blocked plugins from organizations, including ProPublica, that allowed them to see what political ads users see on Facebook and what targeting criteria was used. The goal of the plugins was to research Facebook and Facebook ad targeting. Facebook said it blocked the tools in an effort to prevent abuse of ad blockers and other web crawlers, but the move also signals Facebook's desire to clamp down on additional transparency. This tool revealed targeting information, but Facebook doesn't reveal targeting information in its political ad archive, so maybe it just doesn't want to for some reason. 
the rumors of Apple's upcoming streaming service have been pretty pervasive, but a launch date has been elusive. Now it may be a bit closer. According to the information, Apple's streaming service will launch several weeks after mid-April, which is when the service is expected to be ready to go. Apple is allegedly planning to let users subscribe to other services like, like Showtime, for example, in addition to its original content offerings, which is a play Roku recently started employing. The move is in line with Apple's recent moves to evolve to become a services company as much as, if not more than, it is a hardware company. All right, this next one was a big one, full of ups and downs. I almost made it a main story, but it seemed like this tit for tat that <laughs> I didn't know where it was going to end. So, so Facebook is employing a program that pays teens and adults between 13 and 35 years old to download its research, its Facebook research VPN. So this VPN, it gives Facebook access to online user behaviors, all of them, which may be in violation of Apple policy. So users who install the app, they've been paid up to $20 per month since 2016. Their program is also available on Android. Facebook said it would pull the Apple version of the app, but Apple beat them to it. Once the VPN was reported, Apple revoked the certificate that lets Facebook use Apple's enterprise certificate program, disabling the app. It also made all of Facebook's other pre-release beta iOS applications stop working as well. It did the same thing to Google's enterprise certificate, breaking its internal apps as well because Google had a similar application as to Facebook's for tracking users. Now, the way this kind of all ended is Apple eventually restored access, but this is a big story because it may be the first of many instances of Apple kind of playing the role of corporate data police. If the government doesn't step in to regulate, Apple appears to be ready partially at least to play that role of regulator. All right, next story. Twitter is testing a feature that places news stories at the top of user timelines first thing in the morning. The goal is to test, the goal of the test is to provide users a snapshot of the news that they may have missed since last logging into Twitter. Twitter already has a while you are away feature that provides users an algorithmically generated digest to the most popular tweets from users that they follow. Reuters is reporting that Pinterest has brought on Goldman Sachs and JP Morgan Chase to take point on an IPO for the company in 2019. Likely in the first six months, Pinterest has not confirmed the report. Mark Zuckerberg, he clarified plans to merge messaging between Messenger, WhatsApp, and Instagram. So, so we now know that any such merger will take place in 2020 or after. Zuckerberg stated, quote, there's a lot more we need to figure out before we finalize the plan, unquote. BuzzFeed, Group 9 Media, and Vice, they're coming together to build a new set of standards for measuring digital media access across the internet, or digital media performance across the internet. The publishers, they're working with Tubular Labs to measure just how media, particularly video, influences audiences. The goal of the project is to develop a holistic measure measurement and effectiveness standards for the internet as a whole. Content is served up differently in YouTube versus BuzzFeed, for example. So how can you compare assets, assets apples to apples? That's what the group aims to uncover. Digiday acquired a deck from TikTok offering outlining its planned ad format. So what brands can expect are brand takeovers that give brands high profile visibility in the app. In feed, native video that places a full screen skippable ads on the For You page of Tic Tac, a hashtag challenge that encourages users to create content around the brand and 
branded lenses. They can be 2D, 3D, and augmented reality. Augmented reality is on the roadmap, but won't be immediately available. Snopes, they announced that they will no longer work with Facebook on its fact-checking program. They said Facebook's fact-checking program was a band-aid to larger issues Facebook has yet to address. Facebook and Twitter, they removed multiple fake accounts that were linked to Iran. The goal of the accounts was to influence political discourse in countries around the world. According to Facebook, it removed 783 pages, groups, and accounts. Twitter said they suspended 770 accounts. Accounts linked to Russia and Venezuela, they were also removed. Hulu has announced pause ads. So these ads, they display on users' screens whenever they hit pause. They're only appearing on select content for users who are subscribed to the ad-supported version of Hulu. And they display on the screen until users resume. The ad units will launch in Q2 of this year. And lastly, Amazon is officially the third largest ad business just behind Google and Facebook. Amazon brought in $10 billion in advertising for 2018, which is pretty impressive considering it only just recently started to aggressively build out its ad platform. $10 billion blew predictions out of the water. eMarketer was predicting $2.8 billion in ad sales for Amazon at the beginning of 2018. So multiply that by three, and that's where Amazon came in. All right, that by more than three, actually. All right, that is it for for episode 349 of Brave Ad World. Before I let you go, I always love hearing from you. Send questions, send comments. Let me know what you like. Let me know what you don't like to braveadworld at gmail.com. Rate and review this podcast on iTunes or your platform of choice. It helps me know what you think, and it helps others find the podcast. I can be found on Twitter at TWigert. That's T-W-I-E-G-E-R-T. You can also check out braveadworld.com where I occasionally share my personal thoughts on marketing. As always, thank you so much for listening. Have a great week. Thanks for listening. For more, check out braveadworld.com.